And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 109. The World of Myth Bits. to the world of myth we are here to review issue number 90 of the magazine but first we do have a bit of housekeeping to get through so you'll be glad to know that the business permit is freshly renewed so the jason dark myth company is good to go for 2021 second little bit of business Uh, We are actually actively inquiring about more information from the San Bernardino County uh, to better understand the extended closure of the state of California and where that puts PCE 2021. Every day there's something new. You know, you kind of have to roll with it. So the more informed we are, the better uh, calculations we can make. Moving on. Uh, Just a gently reminder because you guys were harassed and bombarded with this message if you live in the United States for, what, approximately three months of just vote, vote, vote. (laughs) But with every issue, uh, we want you guys to vote. We want you to vote uh, for your stories, not just the ones you like. Vote, you know, your opinion on uh, uh, each story. Um, This is going to just help kind of dictate... It just, it's going to be more inclusive. Um, So please, please, please just vote. All right. A major, major, major congratulations to Gabriella Belcom. Her story, Worth Waiting For, reached number one on the Amazon Kindle store. So that's pretty amazing. Congratulations. And on the note of the Kindle store, uh, Dave actually proposed an idea and he wants feedback. Um, So please... Give us your input. Uh, What do you think about putting the magazine onto the Kindle store, making your stories available for download for a dollar? So, yeah, just shoot us your your reply because I personally think it'd be pretty cool. Um, So, yeah, that that does it for housekeeping this week. So, uh, again, I, I hear through the the grapevine that this was actually not anticipated to be as large an issue as it was but it actually turned out to be a fairly big issue so there's a lot um so yeah i think we should just jump right into drabble and flash and our first story is enslaved by tim law what did you think i thought it was a well put parasite story i i uh, i know it's really hard to get all the thoughts out on a short story so this one was uh, well done for the crunch oh yeah well i think with travel and flash it's it's like you get so little and i i love it because on one hand it's it takes so much artistic ability to be able to take an idea that could very easily be a whole 3,000 word story and smush it down to just a few hundred words. Um, That being said, I thought it was beautifully, beautifully creepy and super eerie. Um, It took everything for me not to let my eyes bounce to the end because the anticipation was perfection. So yeah, I thought it was, was splendid and absolutely eerie. Well done, sir. All right. Far Above by Michael A. Arnold. Uh, this one was terrifying. Uh, I, I I think about this a lot as I take in like any apocalyptic media. So I was really glad to see it acknowledged in this way. Absolutely beautiful and tragic. I loved it. I was very, very well written. All I can think of was uh, the TV show 
uh, where he, it was his brother is caught in space. What was that one with Will? Uh, uh, la- last man on earth. Yeah, right. Um, that's one. Uh, the story was definitely reminiscent of that. Excellent work on there. I like the visual. Very well done. Thanks, Beautiful. sir. All right. It could have been worse by Gabriella Belcom. I really enjoyed the imagery Gabriella presented in this one. I think it's absolutely the star of the show in particular. And it does so many amazing uh, uh, favors for the story and, and the appeal of it. So yeah, poor, poor, poor Fred. (laughs) He just found out how much worse it could get. Uh, And, and yeah, I really liked it. I loved the imagery. I think that was my favorite, favorite, favorite part. I believe the land had an insatiable lust for blood on that one. <laughs> uh, very well written. Thank you very much. All right. Thanksgiving Dinner by James Rumpel. I love Drabble and Fat Flash, like I said. Uh, so forgive me because I know like it's just going to kind of get to this point where it sounds like I'm repeating myself. Uh, but I love this one, too. And I think that's why I love Drabble and Flash. It's short, sweet, and to the point. And James is absolutely terrific at making these points. And this one, it's it's no exception. Uh, it's just a great, entertaining little sci-fi story that gives you a surprise. Like, just it, I don't know, it gave me, like, a little chill. I, I loved it. But I'm never disappointed with James Rumpel, ever. So, <laughs> I love this one. Yeah, it was definitely uh, beautifully written. Um, thank you very much, sir. All right. Moving on to Waiting to Die by Gabriella Balcom. Uh, my notes, I just say, okay, Gabriella, I see you come through with some ver- some vampiric slash cannibalistic goodness. Uh, I did not expect that ending and the twist that came with it. So I was just happy as a clam. By the time uh, we reached the end. So absolutely amazing. Good work on that one. Um, Definitely liked the ending on that one. Thank you very much. All right. 333 by Jeff R. Young. Um, For the past like year or so, I find myself constantly landing like on the clock or series of numbers with my birthday. And probably it's it's a 100% like subconscious uh, engagement based on familiarity brain thing happening. But each time I'm like, what, do, what does it mean? <laughs> uh, am I going to die? So I'm glad to see I'm at least not the only one with this like funky um, little awareness. So I, I thought it was funny. You know, it was just a, an interesting little take on sets of numbers i couldn't help that this entire story was one large dad joke <laughs> excellent work sir all right welcome home by david k montoya sucks to be glenn uh yeah it's amazing as always and a nice little tale of some sort of justice maybe uh depending on what your morals are i guess uh does he deserve it Not to be killed. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, it was very interesting the way this piece kind of made my brain turn and and twist with uh, morals and ethics of of how this came to be. I liked it. I like it when a story can kind of invite that kind of thinking. So It's interesting about that character, too, because had he stolen the few grand of merchandise and then had for, apparently forgotten about that from the people he'd stolen from, <laughs> then I guess the moral of that story is that drugs are bad. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Very well written. All right. So that's going to carry us over to fantasy. And our first story is Lord of the Lake, part one, by N.D. Coley. Uh, I think this is uh, every creative's fantasy to meet the one or ones who inspired them to do something in their craft. Uh, the beginning of the story does a, a wonderful job in setting us up for the next part, and the anticipation is real 
mainly because uh, I grew up around a ship nerd. Uh, seriously, my childhood was riddled with ships, ship models, documentaries about ships, books about ships. Uh, so this is, is pretty nostalgic for me. Uh, so maybe that makes me a little biased. Um, that being said, I really like the format. Letters within letters. And I can't imagine uh, we have anything less than an interest or interesting story living within the story. So I'm I'm very excited. I'm actually interested to see where this one goes. Um, the aspect of the story within the story um, is definitely well sought out through time, you know. Um, I think it's very interesting that he's retelling the story of, like, more of an adventure mode to his father. And I'll see where that whole thing ties in. Mm -hmm. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, sir. Can't wait for the next one. All right. Empathy. By James Rumple. I loved this piece. Uh, honestly, I thought it was super just terrific. And it was very uh, pure. And I loved it. It, it. it was just perfection. And not to set the standards too high for you, James. Because I already gave you plenty of praise for your Drabble and Flash. But <laughs> it's hard not to expect that from you. I just, I, I adored the ending and having used the word pure a minute ago uh to explain the story it's just it's a pure ending just sweet kind and perfect but also it's it's uh impossible to not feel like super worried for poor mike uh there's the the what if aspect uh to the ending like what if what if he can't give it up like what if he just keeps like you know what i'm gonna let these people have their good times while i deal with with this issue you know what i mean like and then, like, would that be, like, an addict? Like, it's just there's a lot where this story can take you. And I really, really like that. Uh, it made my brain move. Um, so, yeah, I just thought it was absolutely amazing. So, thank you, James. What about you? I really enjoyed the aspect of this story. Um, I really enjoyed the content and, and all that went into the story and the idea. And the ending, I really enjoyed how he was still empathetic to the end. Mm -hmm. but I think what could have pushed that boundary is if you had it as though the statue wasn't well explained out when the, when the friends were gathering ideas and it alluded to the statue. Made it just a little bit more vague. Made, yeah, make yeah. it more vague on the statue, even though it is the culprit. That would have been a pretty nice little, little sprinkle on top. Yeah. But... Other than that, thank you very much, sir. Well written. Loved it. Thank you. All right. The Three Wishes by Lynn Phillips. Uh, give me the stone, Marcy. Like, I I am waiting for that stone. <laughs> no, I thought it was a perfect ending to an absolutely de delightful tale. Uh, Lynn's narrative was beautiful. Uh, giving us all what we need and then some. I also love that, yes, well, the idea of three wishes is not a unique take. The way in which Lynn presented it was completely fresh to the notion. And I think that's not always an easy task, but Lynn did it with a touch of magic. And I just, I really appreciate it. It was really, really good. Actually, that was a clean, fun little story, you know. Um, well written. Thank you very much. All right, and our last story of fantasy, The Missing Unicorn in the Land of the Zombie Fairies, Part 14 by David K. Montoya. My notes start off with a huge ugh, because I hate having to wait a month between parts. Uh, I'm, I'm too invested and way too impatient. Uh, that being said, you can genuinely feel the energy in this one and and uh, not to brag, but <laughs> that's what this is. But uh, I was made slightly privy to the inspiration behind a character and his being in the story. So that makes it even more astounding, uh, the energy captured between every character in this chapter. I also love how easy my brain whips into gear to imagine this entire realm, but that's how Dave maneuvers in his writing. I, you know, like I said, going back to Drabble and Flash. Uh, so again, as always, 
I cannot wait for the next part because up until now, it was just a subtle anticipation, but now I, it is full-fledged anxiety. <laughs> Beautifully said. I cannot say it better myself. Thank you very much, sir. Beautifully written. All right. Moving on to horror. And our first story is Botched by Kevin Adams. I'm going to go ahead and jump in here because I really debated on whether or not I would say anything um, because this this is a story that is, I guess you'd call it controversial. Um, and I want to preface this with I am not opposed or I am absolutely opposed to censorship, to uh, uh, any kind of format that... Uh, argues the freedom of speech, anything like that. So that being said, um, and to measure my words very carefully, uh, by no means was this story written poorly. Kevin is undoubtedly talented uh, and he painted a picture. So I absolutely commend his ability to paint this, this picture. And in a horror perspective, wow. You know, it it worked, but where this story went off the rails is the usage of fiction as fact. Um, for a story that boasts the reality of the situation, it is filled with medically and scientifically inaccurate information that has a habit of uh, perpetuating more harm than good. In addition, this is a perfect example of a story being told from the perspective of a woman by a man commandeering an issue women and AFAB, assigned female at birth, uh, people endure. And it shuns the space needed for those voices. Um, perhaps being a male writer would have been more efficient using the male doctor as a perspective vessel. Unfortunately, the literal demonization of those seeking reproductive health care through the use of outrageous concepts, it, it comes off as hurtful and cruel. Um, now to avoid, I don't know if you can hear it, my voice is shaking. <laughs> now to avoid any further psychological exhaustion or migraines, I implore writers to do fervent research with scientific sources on all aspects regarding anything that could be severely damaging to the reader or those who are being written about. Um, that's all I ask is just to understand who you're writing about, why you're writing about it, who you're hurting and why you're choosing to hurt them. You know what I mean? So, okay. <laughs> Deep breath. Now to ask the man in the room. <laughs> well, I thought uh, I thought it was well written, and there's 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 definitely a craft aspect to the story. And it, as a story in a horror setting by itself, it's truly, you know, it is is really like up there, you know. Um, but as you said, the issue with the story was the little snippet at the bottom of the story where links are given and links are given to a factual story. So this event got kind of mixed into a factual scenario that is not fact at all. As a horror story, you've seen it a few times before. But when it's mixed with links and, 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 and pointers to this other thing that is not factual and things get crossed that's where you have the issue right so had there not been that snippet at the end it could have sat as a very horrifying story but to say that it's based on factual evidence that's an issue you know yeah because there are procedures that are of fact but that's not how it's done yeah. Okay. Nobody does that. It's not done that way. And it's 
it's it's hard, you know, because. So with that said, as a fictional story, it's terrific. As a fictional story, agreed. Right, but I also believe that you know ideas should not be censored if they are of non or if they don't hurt somebody you know um if this idea the way that is presented is recycled and this idea that is presented in a way that is not correct and it just keeps tumbling down you know and it hurts people then that's when things become an issue because think of all the hurtful ideas and all the hurtful things humans have done to one another based upon misconceptions. Mm -hmm. That's where... And infactual. Yeah, so misconceptions, infactual, and it really hurts people at the end, you know. But also I do definitely believe, you know, the the freedom of the speech mm-hmm. you know yeah totally agreed and also the freedom and and the ability to offend Absolutely. that's one of the core you know my biggest cores right. uh core beliefs is freedom of speech uh, and the freedom to offend but mixed in with that belief system is also that science in fact trumps all so uh right. <laughs> i'm bowing out <laughs> so joe can finish so with all that said as a fictional story it was terrific Okay, definitely could have done without that last paragraph. Okay, we wouldn't have such a serious tone had it not had the last paragraph. And Jenna wouldn't have had many, many anxiety (laughs) attacks and uh, my head would not be getting cold right now (laughs) if it weren't something that were uh, majorly effective. And on that note, too, I do commend Kevin for his ability to make something last in your brain, <laughs> you know. So. Yeah, and that, that's how you know it was well written. That's how you know it, it was something. It was so well written that you had such a large reaction yeah. to it, and you're like, wow. Yeah. You know. Um, so, thank you very much, sir. Yes. All right. Moving on to The Plague Part 2 by Christine Garant. Uh, Something I think is interesting about the way Christine writes is that it really reads as a screenplay uh, or even like a stage play. And I really like that. Uh, I I could easily, easily, easily imagine this on the stage by the way Christine dictates the movement and the actions. And as for the ending, oh boy, uh, I don't think anything is going to pan out very well for anyone involved. <laughs> so this is definitely ready for the stage in terms of a, of a tragedy. Uh, I really liked it. I thought it was a, a good finale. What about you? Witches be scandalous. <laughs> uh, I, th- I thought it was well written. I really enjoyed the story. Uh, thank you very much. All right. Vacancy by Don DeBraw. So... When my teenager and I were binging Hannibal, uh, we both kind of kept nodding about the story's unabashedness about quote unquote going there. Uh, You know, that place that we don't always see portrayed or expressed in the media, typically put forth with extraordinary thought, conviction, and typically a bit of shock. Sometimes it works beautifully. Other times it fails as being callous, unintelligent, or just sick for the sake of being sick. Uh, But Dawn works so majestically at uh, presenting her her boundaryless ideas. Uh, And I just fall in love each and every time. And it seems like every story is getting a bit bolder and bolder. Especially in telling these tales from the perspectives uh, we never get much of. And uh, this story could have easily been the, quote, crazy girlfriend trope presented with with nothing short of, of vapidness. But Dawn gives us all the logic to actually understand our main character, sending us 
veering into the sort of thoughtful, thoughtful territory, uh, the who's, what's, and most importantly, the why's. I just adored this one. Absolutely. Another great story, but Dawn, um, I really enjoyed the fire bug bug aspect (laughs) about uh, this particular story. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when women are presented in such scenarios as homicidal, normally they don't go to the fire Mm -hmm. aspect or arsonist aspect. So I thought that was very, uh, very uh, original. Thank you very much. Agreed. All right, guys. Action and suspense. And our first story, Liberty's Call, Part 10, Volume 3 of the Liberty Schoenhauer series by Walter G. Esselman. I loved this episode, uh, the perfect send-off before the novel comes out. And holy crap, Walter, holy crap. This one kept my heart racing the whole way through. And I love how Walter is addressing the ethics of this world with the alien birds, uh, who I loved. Uh, it just introduces a whole wide world of not only Danny's core beliefs, but the operations of a world that's presented in the Liberty series. And I just love this one. Amazing. Absolutely amazing, Walter. Absolutely. I enjoyed this one because, uh, well, I enjoy all the series, but I definitely enjoy this one due to the aspect where he combined the alien birds and the zombies into... Uh, our normal character flow. Uh, excellent visual. I love this one. Thank you very much. All right. Together Again by Doug Holly. The setup for this one was brilliant. Uh, complete investment in these chaotic characters. Oddly enough, because of Doug's previous stories, the only thing I wish we got from this one was his brilliant take. Uh, from it being a news article. Not as the whole story or anything, because the whole story is amazing. But Doug uh, set me up to want nothing but fictitious journalism (laughs) uh, from him. But beyond that, the pacing was amazing. And it set us up for that tragic telling ending. Uh, And I loved it. I really like the idea behind this one. Um, It definitely is a classic go-to. Um... The the death at the end, um, I like how it's not put forth in such a, you know, uh, explained manner, mm-hmm. you know, um, to where the detective is kind of like, eh, I don't know, it could have been this or that, you know. Uh, well written. Thank you very much, sir. All right. The Cowboy by Gabriella Balcom. Uh, is this the official death issue? I'm wondering. Uh, no, this one was just pleasant. Uh, it was very nice and pleasant. It uh, was nothing bad, nothing gruesome or horrid, just a peaceful expiration. Uh, what would be considered the good death? And for that, I love the idea. There's nothing tragic about Travis's story, just a life well lived and a want to be with the one he loved. Like I said, it's a pleasant, peaceful tale. Yeah, and de- I respect it. Definitely was a clean little back backwoods story right there. Uh, well written. Thank you very much. All right. Twine, part two, by Dylan James Harper. So, just like part one, I am enamored with this story. <laughs> uh, I could feel my heart racing every passing moment, and it was tedious, but so, so splendid and worth it. Uh, I don't know how to explain it, but Dylan has a delicacy to his writing of something so scary. It's just, it's a very attentive style, uh, giving the audience what they need in each pause. I love Rachel and Jade, and I cannot wait to learn more about them. Uh, Hopefully, at least. Uh, Just amazing storytelling. Uh, Also, one note, thank you for pointing out the silencer on guns thing. That's something that always bothers me. When I see that portrayed, so I very much appreciate that use of fact. Beautiful. So, what about you? What did what did you? Uh, yeah, I definitely enjoyed the ending on that one. It was left up for interpretation um, about the troopers. Um, I I like the imagery and 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 you know this one was just this one was just a really good ride. Yeah. You know? uh, thank you very much, sir. All right, 
And now we move into science fiction, double feature. Uh, and our first story is Joey by Jim Bates. Weighed 98 pounds. <laughs> All right. So first of all, I love that Joey is the star of the show now. <laughs> and secondly, I don't know if I already said it, but I probably did. But I'd be very happy to live in Ned Law. Um, it's just a perfect utopia. So that being said, once again, Jim did us a wonderful service in another addition to Life Beyond the City and the World Order. I just love this story. I love all of these pieces. And I know I say that every issue, but it is. It's a, a good, good wholesome story um and it's perfect in my in my opinion and and jim is so talented at giving us these stories of both disaster and hope blending them beautifully and i love his talent so yeah definitely jim can uh, weave a story of hope you know uh it seems to be his style pretty much like a uh, a good wholesome like a good wholesome sitcom almost. Mm -hmm. Not a sitcom, but well, like... What would you call it? Like a... I feel like because there are certain stories that get told, especially in parts. Okay. And like I'm just there's never like... a room for you to breathe. I feel like the way Jim writes, you have that room. So it's like when things feel so devastating, you're like, okay, hold on. Just, just hang on for another minute and I can breathe again. So it'd be like, I don't know. What would be like the one hour version of a sitcom? That's not humor-based. <laughs> well, a sitcom mainly humor-based. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, look, all I know is this could be up on the 9 o'clock showtimes up yeah. against Happy Days. That's all I'm I would saying. watch it. And people I would, would watch, watch it. it, right? You know, uh, very much well-written, sir. Thank you very much. All right. Proxy, part one, by Adam Stump. Um, I am hyper invested now in where we're headed. And unfortunately, my notes are really short because this one made me think a lot of things, but it made me think about the plot and I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but I am fairly certain <laughs> that Adam can write about a jack, a jacket, like hanging on a hook. And it'd be beautifully worded <laughs> and calming. Uh, I think Adam just has a delivery that is stunning. And honestly, I think uh, everybody could learn. I mean, like, I just, I know, like, reading his stuff, I'm, like, absorbing his style because it's gorgeous. Um, so, yeah, again, I'm very afraid that I'm going to teeter into spoilers in my thinking process regarding this story. Uh, and I don't want to do that. So, what? what what your thoughts? Uh, definitely, I enjoyed this one. It was definitely visually pleasing. Um, definitely interested in the next section to see why this fellow was abducted. You know? Uh, very well done, sir. Thank you. All right. And our final story of the science fiction double feature section. Uh, <laughs> Stay Away From Home by Padmini Krishnan. Uh, the machines have turned. And they have turned uh, bad. <laughs> this was fun, uh, albeit terrifying, but it was fun. Except for Shimmer's fate. Uh, but beyond that, I thought it was really interesting, a really interesting take of the future. Kind of like the, the Jetsons gone bad. I just really liked uh, Padmini's narrative from the beginning and the, and the format. I really like the formatting. Overall, just a, a really fascinating take. On something that's actually really terrifying. So I think terrific work. Uh, yeah, definitely terrific work on this one. Um, it was a very fresh take on, um, well, the future in, in, in a different sense. Yeah. You know, um, it, very well done. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Humor. And our last story Day of Moving Hell by Walter Gearsback. I will make my statement fast because I know Joe probably has a good amount to say. Uh, Walter never ever disappoints. He genuinely has a way of telling so many stories from so many different perspectives and he does it well. Like almost as if he has lived the life of each character. Every character feels so lived in. Um, 
and it's just a, a good reflection of experience and I think experience of these characters experience of Walter's ability um it's just so much talent and this was just another example um through the story I really loved it I I'm again like it's just Walter has this way of giving us these brilliant brilliant lives and so I love it okay you yeah, this was another uh, amazing story by Walter. Who was the director that did Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels? Uh, Guy Ritchie. Okay. So <laughs> if you were to pose Walter with a script from Guy Ritchie, this plays exactly like one of those movies. The dialogue is on point between the characters. You know, uh, so visually pleasing, humorous, you know, the, these artists who come to this lawyer who is uh, taken aback by the artist, <laughs> right? So the whole story is this ego trip on this lawyer and these artists take him for it because he's taking the artists. And it was just, it, it was magnificent. Thank you very much. Moving on to poetry. Dead Pilot Society. <laughs> Our first poem. <laughs> is Fall Thunder by Michael Lee Johnson. I love the way this piece felt, feels like an orchestra. Um, it's just a beautiful take on the music of nature, and I love it. I'm going to agree. You know, um, it presented a scenario in a more of a theatrical show. I love the visual aspect. Thank you very much, sir. Next up, we have Mary Roberts by Linda Imbler. Oh, dear Mary Roberts. Uh, there is this guy from Russia who exhumed the bodies of 29 young girls and turned them into dolls by mummifying them and situating them all around his home where his parents lived who genuinely thought they were just dolls. And this is a true story. You can look it up. So this is the first thing that came to mind as I read this piece, which I know is awful, but it's a fascinating, spooky poem that elicits obviously very peculiar, thinky thoughts. And I, I love it. I love anything that is peculiar. And this was beautiful example of that. Must have been high workmanship if nobody knew that it was actual skin on the doll. Well, they were like wax covered or something it was a house of wax okay i'll show I'll, I'll show you a picture maybe i'll post a picture on the instagram <laughs> very cool um yeah absolutely i enjoyed this one very much i do enjoy the phenomena around living dolls oddly enough thank you very much <laughs> all right next up field of forgotten promises by stephanie j Barty. Uh, Stephanie knows how to bleed onto the page, and she does it very well, uh, and it probably costs her in an emotional payment, uh, but for us, <laughs> it's, it's, it remains beautiful and haunting, and this is just, to me, a, a, a tragic tale about the absolute loss of intimacy uh, and the anguish of that loss, so it was just, it was just beautiful. Absolutely. Beautifully written. Thank you very much. All right. Whispers in the Dark by Jeff R. Young. As usual, Jeff paints a picture, and I like how light this one is. Uh, light in that it's intimate and pleasant. I know those are the words of the day. Uh, it's just nice to see from Jeff, who is has been kind of writing so many dark pieces, you know, as one showed through poetry. Um, I just really enjoyed, like, the, the, the romance of this one. I thought it was just a really unique take on something so beautiful. So I really liked it. Absolutely. It was definitely well-written on the uh, passionate pace of everything. Um, thank you very much, sir. All right. Remembering Thanksgiving Day by David K. Montoya. Um, I put beautiful, precious, and nice 
even if you removed the appointment of this being a Thanksgiving-driven piece, I feel like it could be used, like, motivationally <laughs> because it amped me up. Uh, reminded me of my goals and that, yes, I'm thankful. There's more I demand of myself. So this one resonates, and I loved it for that. Absolutely. Uh, this is definitely an easy dozer with this poem. Thank you very much, sir. And our final poem, Time to Concede by Kevin Magnus. Uh, this one definitely made me think, and for what it made me think, it is a haunting portrayal of a relationship with something far elevated than ourselves. And it's intriguing. Whether or not that was the intention of this poem, there's just something about it that cuts deep. And I like that in a good poem. Oh, definitely. Um, definitely another dark one by Mr. Magnus there. Magnus? Magnus. Magnus. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. All right. And now on to art. With our first piece, One Up Dilemma by Ryan Scherfenberg. What are your thoughts, sir? I feel that it has a possible link to, well, obvious link to video games, but possible link to suicide, because I'm sure that is the one-up dilemma in the video games, when you're trying to uh, kill your character off for some type of advantage. I believe if you use, like, the old one for, like, Mario or something like that, when you're trying to kill a character off, you start to level over again or something like that. Hmm. I think that's what... Uh, is depicted here yeah so, i get that yeah. i totally get that and yeah uh, again the style is i love it it's very uh newspaper ready love it all right thanks our very second, much sir our second <laughs> piece yes thank you our second piece male play character by vincent may i love seeing vincent's uh character concepts there are a lot of fascinating aspects and facets to all of them and I like how this one, if you partnered it with uh, his design of the female plate character, it's just, it's it's a great little set and I love it. So very, very beautiful work. Your thoughts? Yeah, definitely another great sketch up um, by Vincent. Um, I wonder if this is for like an actual game or something like that. I wonder. Can you let me know? Drop an email. I <laughs> uh, like the design. Thank you very much, Fill sir. Us in. Hey. <laughs> All right. Odin by Christopher Harris. This piece is stunning. Uh, there is so much eye candy across the screen, and I am in awe of it all. The mythology captured with this, like, neo-cyborg concept. It's just so cool. And, again compliments to the palette it's just it was a really cool take on something we've seen a lot of renditions about or over and i just i really like this it was really really cool oh yeah definitely i uh enjoyed this one uh definitely for the palette and everything about this i like how he had also the other gods behind mm -hmm. him too that was a nice little addition uh great works there sir thank you very much and our final piece of art, Shadowing the Red Sun by Boreana Ananiva. Oh my god, yes. Uh, this is beautiful. And yes, again, I'm sorry, uh, the palette. That palette is to die for. Uh, this is just the coolest piece, the coolest character, and I love everything about this girl. Uh, it's just absolutely stunning. And I look forward to seeing anything Boreana has to do. It's just, it's a really cool piece. Love it. Yeah, definitely. I definitely enjoyed how she uh, uh, used the shadow work into making it look like authentic uh, samurai mm -hmm. armor, or the silhouette of it, at least. Uh, love the palette and, and everything about this one. Thank you very much. Absolutely magnificent. All right, that wraps us up for our creative uh, section, and that'll move us over to reviews, so Joe can take over. Uh, number one on the list, we have an interview with Matt Lucas with the Miss Master. Uh, within this uh, episode of the podcast, they break bread over such topics. 
about Matt's writing, his life now, to the love of Batman, uh, which adds to how Robert Pattinson would do, to PCE, and very much more. Thank you for the Enlightened Podcast, and if you want to go listen to that, go ahead and head over right on there. That will send us over to the movie review by moviegoer Grimm, Lair of the White Worm. Um, in this review, he reviews the film from 1988 about snake worshippers who turn into snakes themselves. So, if you are interested about that, go see what he's got to say about that. Um, and then that will lead us over to the book review of T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland by Michael A. Arnold. This one sounds like a book we all should pick up. Uh, existentialism and the process of over-complicated thought patterns that made humans the top species and possibly our demise. Um, granted, this one was written back early in the early 1900s. Um, so it's very interesting when you have a past thought process that really affects society today because it has the same exact patterns. It's interesting. So, if you want to see how he went on about that review, go take a look-see at that. And that will lead us over to the video game review of Maneater by Jeff R. Young. In this game review, he talks about how you play as a shark to eat your way through the top because of some hunters. And then it was almost like a, it almost sounded like a vengeance type deal. Hmm. You know, uh, so if you're curious about that, go see what Jeff had to say about that video game. Which will run us over to the art review of Eugene Delacroix. The Bark of Dante. Uh, the This piece encapsulates Dante's voyage with Virgil um, in the classic sense. Uh, you know, excellent work on that art piece review, sir, which will lead us over to commentary with one Mr. David K. Montoya. And this commentary is a little different. He goes on to describe his podcast that he does uh, that releases every Wednesday. Um, in this one, he gets a little personal about his previous one uh, about the unionization. So, if you are curious about that, take a look-see at that review. Or no, it's a commentary, technically. <laughs> it's a review of a review yeah, of a review that. of a review. Got caught on the review process. <laughs> All reviews. Beautiful. So that winds up another issue. Wow. <laughs> this is a big one. And, uh, yeah. Whew. I'd like to thank everyone for contributing and submitting once again this month. It is definitely a joy to read everybody's thoughts and how they wish to view this fictional world and not just our world this fictional world over here or the uh parallel universes possibly in which other characters that take up our names can also thrive with their own ether do you think there's two different ethers then if there's different dimensions maybe and sometimes they bleed together hmm I'd like to give uh, some thought behind that, maybe in the future, <laughs> like because we have the space that we talk about where we pull these ideas, and would that space be different in another dimension, or it's the same space, because you would think it would be a different space, because in that dimension, everything's different, and it's a different space. It's just all the players take up the same names you know so the ether might have a different name over there very very interesting you just, like, let, that, <laughs> let that sink in overnight 
and then in the middle of the night you'll wake up and be like I get it. That all makes sense. <laughs> you lift up in the bed and the light comes and shines down, pierces your chest and you're floating up, you know, and all is well. <laughs> you know? What do you think happens when somebody becomes enlightened? It's like, is all well after that? No. Do you think they stop existing? Maybe. But no, I don't think all is well. Because if life's... It like, I think all is, is painful. If life is suffering, and you become enlightened, point past the point of suffering, do you think that you just do not exist anymore? I don't know. There's a movie. I can't remember the title. But there's a movie where a person, a woman specifically, is put to the point beyond pain. So she's inflicted with so much pain that her mind actually travels and she enlightens from this doctor, this sadistic doctor. And she travels to a different dimension in this world because she is so enlightened so the lights go out in her in her mind she doesn't die but her being leaves this place it's huh. very interesting that got way off track. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay this is our space for thinking and imagining and creating uh so that being said you can find us at theworldofmyth.com, on Facebook and Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast and the World of Myth Magazine. Also on Instagram at the World of Myth Bits. That'll do it this week, I think. One final thought before <laughs> saying ciao. Okay. Um, the next issue is going to be the Christmas issue, right? Or yes. the Xmas or holiday issue. Yes. Right? So, with that in mind, I feel that we're going to have some good stories come through. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, it's definitely interesting how these holidays also coincide with, uh, you know, the human experience such as Halloween is, is fear. Thanksgiving is uh gratitude. Gratitude and uh, Christmas is joy, technically. Uh so I cannot wait to see those stories come through. And thank you for listening. Until next time. <laughs> The world of myth bits. Little girl.